welcome back to the Multiversity Manga Club. Middle of the month, you know what that means. More One Piece, baby. Yes. <laughs> I'm just thinking about what you said about the Sopranos liking uh, Rob Lucci. <laughs> just Tony Soprano nodding vigorously about yes. Rob Lucci. Italian-American representation. So. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I'm Walt, and as usual, I am joined by Emily and Zach. This Yo, portion. I'm excited. We're this going to be talking good stuff, yeah. 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 We're gonna be talking uh today about the uh second half ish of any slobby up to uh chapter four thirty. Yep. Four thirty. Correct. Yep. I'd say that while what we covered for last episode had a lot of like the major plot stuff, world building stuff, this is mostly just like a bunch of fights but there is some there's a lot actually i think in this more than i remembered as far as like i don't know how to put it i mean it's not like world war stuff sure it's more just like straw hat friendship strengthening everyone getting back together kind of thing yeah yeah i'm not you know there are definitely some you know strong character moments uh still you know we pick up from last the last chapter we read for the previous episode of this was them you know effectively declaring war against the world government the for their friend the awesome you know sniper king <clears throat> shoot down that flag yeah oh man um, and sniper king has so many good moments in this that we read too that's true and robin's declaration that she wants to live yeah all really good stuff and so this is kind of now the the bulk of this is the uh different uh confrontations between the straw hats and the various members of cp9 right oda does a little thing where like you know, as expected, like, certain Straw Hats square off against certain CP9 members. Right. But they also kind of, like, switch it up a couple times. Yeah, the, I remember thinking, like, if I was reading this, just as it was coming out, I was like, oh, interesting, Nami fights Kum- Kumidori? I don't remember this. And she doesn't really, she just kind of runs from him, and then <laughs> Chopper ends up fighting him, and then sort of the same with, like, Usopp and Jabra. Right. Yeah. It's like, like a, lo- a lot of little confrontations that lead up to then someone else stepping in and being like, no, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> and I think before we get into like the uh, specifics of that, I, I, you know, one of the things that we've mentioned is as like the crew grows and becomes, you know, th- I think this is like kind of one of our first examples of what becomes standard. Well, I say through the rest of the series, you know, obviously, uh, as we'll get into, this is the most I have read before I like started, you know, reading it contemporaneously with uh, Shonen Jump releases. Um, yeah, this is pretty much right up to where you stopped. Yeah, but but this like I think kind of starts a formula that you see in this, and as we refer to in like other Shonen of like you know like the tracking multiple fight scenes happening at once. I was gonna mention this. I thought I had a really good sense of where yes. everything was happening yes. in this one. That is, you know, that's like a typical complaint when we're talking about other series and even sometimes talking about One Piece itself. In Dress Rosa, stuff. we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> it uh, might be better. There, there's like, you know, sometimes there's just like, it's hard to keep track of what's happening where and with who. But yes, and, I think. Yeah. This... And Oda like tries really hard with like diagrammed maps and things like saying this is where everyone is right now. Uh, that happened a lot in Dressrosa, I know. Yeah, and honestly, at least uh, our dog, you might hear little um, blips from our dog as she's 
marking in her sleep. Yeah, I, I thought that the little maps here were like really well integrated. I never felt like I had to stop reading, you know what I mean? Yes, to sort of, yes. And I, I can't even remember now like what they looked like, but it felt very well integrated into the rest of the story. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, for the most part, like I really understood where things were, were going on. And obviously I was paying more attention this time as I was taking notes, but like I didn't, I didn't like draw a map or anything. That would have been kind of crazy. But and and I think yeah. that I think that the flip side of that is that sometimes it can feel like you know on, on the opposite end of like everything's happening at once and it's hard to keep track of. Sometimes things can like feel a bit too much. Like okay, for this like plot, time just kind of or this fight, time just kind of stood still for like five chapters, and we don't really get that either. It doesn't go except for yeah. I did kind of feel that way with uh, I forget exactly where, but part part of where. Zoro was uh Kaku? maybe when Zoro and Usopp were together there, there were like a few <laughs> yeah there, there was like multiple chapters without Zoro that then when he came back it kind of felt a bit like hey remember me yeah but for the most part I I yeah I think this was really well done of like a good example of how to have a bunch of stuff happening at once it felt frenetic but it felt like that was supposed to be the point I mean yeah I mean Zoro uh and Usopp are kind of out of the fight for a little bit because they get accidentally handcuffed by Usopp because he's trying to put the handcuffs on the devil fruit users right but then he somehow gets gets them I think he I forget exactly what he does but yeah they get handcuffed together for a while and they're just kind of running from Kaku and Jabra for a bit so they aren't they're not really fighting while the other fighting is happening with like I think maybe it's Frankie and Fukuro and Nami and Khalifa yeah and and Kumadori and Chopper, Chopper. yeah yeah it doesn't really matter like like the order of the fights it's right. just kind of like yeah you just have to sometimes like it can be tough to like keep up the illusion that oh yeah stuff is still happening right and he did a really good job of that at this time i think yeah yeah absolutely there were just pretty good fights i thought all around i didn't really think like any one fight was given short shrift or anything like I saw, le- the, the, I didn't really feel like I saw less of like one character or one um, straw hat than I did another. If that makes any sense. Yeah, and it's pretty interesting. Almost every character gets like a big new technique that they do. Mm-hmm. Like um, Chopper is this crazy. Yeah, Chopper gets his big. I, I forget what what it's called, but he he basically turns into that giant monster. He he goes like it's called the cleric beast. Yes, it's, it's cleric beast. It's um. Yeah, he does look a lot like the cleric beast there. It's um. What what are the what is like the great ape form of the Saiyans? It's like the oh. Ozaro. Yeah, that's it. It's like that. Um, and and like Nami does her weird mirage multi form thing. Yeah, yeah, mirage tempo. Luffy does like gear three after we like just saw gear two a few chapters ago. I forgot how close those were, which is weird because we don't see gear four for get ready for this, like 300, almost 400 more chapters. <laughs> yeah. Gear four, I don't love it. I think, I think gear two is my, the one that makes the most, okay, if I may say, <laughs> makes the most sense. Like gear two is like, okay, I get that he has to sort of like power up for that. Like sure. he gets his blood pumping faster. He can move faster, but like gear three kind of just seems like something he, that should be like a power he can just do. And it seems like, sense. and it feels like something he has done before. <laughs> yeah. Like made his foot really big, but I guess it is just sort of like, garg- it, it is like 
gargantuan. Yeah. Like the, the fist is really, really big. Yeah. He punches really, really, really hard this time. Yeah. That's what it all comes it down to. It all just to. comes down to punching harder, really. Yeah. And and this is what it it has the really fun after after effect that Oda <laughs> kind of like gets rid of after a while where he he just like becomes small <laughs> after I kinda like that, yeah. <laughs> it's good. I like that though, because like oh, I wanted to mention this too. Like, so in the fight with Rob Lucci uh, he mentioned something, and like this is something that that kind of took off with fans for a while too. And I I feel like this is something that might have been retconned or just kind of forgotten about. But Lucci says, "Oh, that's gonna eat away at your life." So like every time Luffy All does right. Gear Two, people were saying like, "Oh, Luffy's gonna die because eventually because he's done Gear Two too much." I'm like, I really don't think <laughs> I don't think Oda's gonna have Luffy die from Gear Two overexertion. That would be really stupid. Gear Two overdose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe that's something that will come into effect later, but I honestly cannot remember it being brought up substantially ever again. Uh, people probably just read too much into that, but, yeah, fights. Yeah, I guess going <laughs> Do down, you want to know. talk about ones we like the best? And I like all of them. Yeah, but, yeah, I think that, um, I think you mentioned that this is one of the last times that we see Nami, like, really fight. <sighs> Yeah, I think that's right. I'm going to feel stupid if there's something really obvious that I'm forgetting about. Like, she does kind of fight with the rest of the group in other situations. But, like, as far as a fight that she gets by herself... And, like, where she's featured. Featured, yeah. I honestly cannot remember. (laughs) Yeah, because she doesn't... She's not in Dressrosa. So, God, I don't think so. I I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and I, I think, like, this is... I may be wrong, but I think this is, like, one of the last times that really, like, all of the Straw Hats really kind of get to fight. There's a really cool thing they do in Thriller Bark, though, I think. I See, I even can't remember. It's been long enough. Right. Well, we'll talk about that when we get there, I guess. But, um, But I think you're right, Zach. I think, like, this feels like the most, like, the last of, like, the sort of Baroque work style everyone gets a fight thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think this is the last time that really is a thing because mm-hmm. skypea even sort of no i mean everybody sort of got a fight in yeah they did it against, a little more yeah fractured. great great moment in this is when uh zoro and usopp are handcuffed together and zoro <laughs> uses usopp as a sword oh that's so funny <laughs> i forget what he calls him but he uh, gives him like a cool name and nose, he's like, oh. nose sword style or something like that. oh no, no it's no. something nose obviously yeah it's but something about the nose he, he gives him like a epic samurai yeah, he's, he's name. like hold on i gotta think of a name for you <laughs> zoro is really funny in this arc he's not he's i think he's kind of underrated as like a comedy character i don't usually think of him as funny i'm like wait though he does kind of do a lot of funny stuff though yeah and the zoro kaku fight's probably the best cp9 fight i would agree i would Uh, agree kaku (laughs) kaku's powers are incredible and it has some of the best to this point visual gags in one piece oh there are so many great gags in this in this segment we found out what kaku's devil fruit was and it is a giraffe Zoan. So he can turn into a giraffe and <laughs> he Giraffes are cool. I think like you you kind of zoom in on we see them again, uh Kaku and Jabra, and Jabra's like, ha, aren't you it sucks that like you're stuck with this stupid power the rest of your life and Kaku's like, No, I think this is great actually. I'm it, it's like that meme. It's like And, and you know, he's right. It is giraffes really are cool. cool. Giraffes are cool. Yeah, it's it's so good. And it and it like kind of 
it's a playful like kind of mm-hmm. side of Kaku that we didn't really get in the first half of it. Yeah, you got some more. You got some more characterization for Kaku. Yeah, I feel like, like he's still he's still like he's not like a jokester, but like he's got like a kind of like he's you know, good natured a little bit, pleasant side. And yeah. he was a he was a uh, good loser. Yes. Yeah, he was a uh, gracious loser. And I just I just like Oda's idea of like okay, very creative. Giraffes, they have long necks. <laughs> What can I do with that? Uh, maybe they can like redistribute their like excess that that like excess like you know it keeps on like shifting the excess like a uh, volume of the neck like around his body you know and, and you know at some point like contorting into a cube um, yeah which is wonderful <laughs> it looks like a Rubik's cube almost yeah and like basically the final thing that he does is like he kind of redirects like the neck more towards like his waist and legs so that he's got like a somewhat more like human physique i'm not sure because like i'm not sure what the form he's in would be i don't know if it's like full giraffe form no it's not full giraffe form i think it's giraffe man form because he's oh yeah i forgot there are the different grades when we're talking about the zones because he's still he's still able to hold swords so i'm guessing that's the giraffe man form (laughs) pretty cool what if what if he'd gotten khalifa's power (laughs) i kept thinking about this i was like what if their power swapped (laughs) Zoro would have had to fight Bubbles and it would have been sexy Kaku. I don't know, just, <laughs> just, just spitballing spit here. here. Uh, yeah, no, it's a good fight. Um, and Zoro does like this weird thing where he, it looks like he has like nine arms, like a god, demon god. Zoro likes to do these attacks where it's like implied he's evil. <laughs> he loves the demons. Yeah, it's a good fight. And at the same time, I think the Jabra fight with, no, no, no. I think Usopp's running from Jabra and then Sanji finally picks himself up from the fight with Khalifa. Yes. I was going to say, there's the great gag at the beginning of the Usopp Jabra encounter where Usopp thinks he's going to be able to, m- to make it out <laughs> using stealth. Oh, yeah. And then there's the rooster. <laughs> um, yes. Very Looney Tunes. Yes. Yeah. The rooster's just like, chirp. I was... Like, That's it. You know, yeah. It feels like it would be like in a Bugs Bunny cartoon I, or something. It did, yeah. It, it's weird because, like, that room Jabra is in is called the Wolf Room, and he has, like, a wolf devil fruit. I was like, so his own room in the Tower of Law, and, like, Kaku gets, like, a weird, like, Sherlock Holmes study that he's, like, waiting for Zoro in. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. I was like, I guess they live there when they're not doing CP9 stuff. I guess so. Yeah, Jabra's one of the more forgettable guys, I think. Um, mm-hmm. he's just just strong, I guess, with the wolf power. He doesn't really... Well, his, his, other thi- his other thing is that he lies. Lies a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wonder... It's not a very distinct gimmick, but it is a gimmick. It's a gimmick, yeah. He's like, oh, you know, like how, you know, he says the thing about Robin, like, she's actually Robin my was, sister. Yeah, and, and um, uh, Sanji's like, what? Really? I mean, obviously he doesn't. Right, that's the time that Sanji, like, pretends to fall for it and, right. then, like, you know, cold clocks him. I did think it's pretty funny that Sanji literally cannot kick a woman in the face. <laughs> Fun thing I found out about because I started playing the One Piece Pirate Warriors game. The oh, yeah, show. I, played, I think I played the third one, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, that's the one I'm playing. I, maybe you saw this, too, or got to this, but, like, I haven't, like, seen this in the game, but I've read that Sanji can't physically attack female characters in that game, so you, like, <laughs> have to switch to a different character if you're fighting a woman because Sanji just, like, can't <laughs> fight them. It's impossible. Okay, that's, that's pretty, pretty funny. funny. Yeah, that's good. His chivalry thing kind of starts to suck later in a very specific way. 
But I think it's okay here, because then he sort of, like, he gets turned into a bubble man, and he's, like, waiting very sadly at the bottom of the stairs. Like, it just looks like he's, I think he's just, it looks like he's slumped against the wall, like he's upset. But I think it's just because the bubble power makes you look like that. But right. yeah. Nami, of course, like, we talked about how she goes in and beats Khalifa for him. She's got the, yeah, the illusions and all that. The illusions. Illusions, Nami. You're tired of my illusions. Yeah. And let's see, because uh, Chopper runs into Frankie while he's fighting Fukuro, and Fukuro is just a weird Muppet man who, I guess, has owl associations? I don't know. There's something oh, yeah. with an owl. Maybe Fukuro means owl. I don't know. Theirs is just kind of, Frankie versus Fukuro is just kind of a physical fist fight. There's yeah. No, there's no real powers. Because I was like, wait, does does uh, Fukuro have powers? I was like, no, because he's swimming. Because after, after he beats Fukuro, he run, uh, Frankie runs into Usopp in the fridge, and he basically, or sorry, uh, Chopper there's the, there's in the, the fridge. There's the good gags about like him like having the different drinks. He's like, no, it needs to be cola, not tea. Chopper throws different drinks at Frankie, and he becomes different based on the tea yeah. or the vegetable V8 or whatever. Chopper pulls a kids locking velociraptors in the fridge <laughs> Jurassic Park at, uh, trick. Yes. <laughs> That's a trick. Yes. I don't know why he. I guess Kumidori broke free. Oh, that's right. He ate all the food in the fridge and came out all fat, but then was able to do the thing where he just like became thin again by using his powers. That's like a recurring gag in One Piece. Is Luffy does it all the time? Right. Yes. Yeah. He's like, oh, uh, I ate some meat and got better. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> Chopper wins by using the like sicko mode on the ball. Yeah, we learned that like if he uses it, is it three times? He'll like go monster mode. Yeah. And that kind of causes problems. I-, I liked how that sort of segued into like Khalifa, Nami, and Frankie and Usopp got involved. And eventually they get Chopper back to normal. He could have probably destroyed everybody in there if they hadn't pushed him into the water. So Right. Yeah, let's see. What else is noteworthy? I mean, Spandam is, I think while all this is happening, Spandam is just like sort of dragging Robin across the bridge. Yeah, he gets a lot nastier. He starts dragging her by like a rope at one point, I noticed. Because at this point, he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to try to get, I don't have Frankie anymore. Frankie burns the blueprints. I forgot about that. That's oh, yeah. On. Yeah, that's a big thing. Uh-huh. I was a little confused. I'm, I'm still a little confused about the Pluton. Okay, so those are blueprints for the weapon to make it. Right. So the weapon doesn't exist but then but then spandam was saying robin could awaken the weapon but if there's no weapon to awake what does it so matter the way i read it is there are two different weapons oh yes that's what okay, i was thinking okay. as well yeah then there's another weapon she can awake okay that's yeah, what, that's what and, i thought it just wasn't very clear yeah and they're supposed to be kind of like checks on each other opposing um, yeah yeah right which i don't i don't know what the i don't know if we know the weapon that they think that robin can awaken is yeah okay i always for some reason i just thought it was pluton i was like well the pluton is not made yeah there's just blueprints for it but but okay yeah that makes sense that there would be another there's pluton which is a which is a ship and then there's neptune that we know about from skypea right isn't that or was pluton in skypea pluton was was alabasta alabasta okay that was what crocodile was looking for okay okay yeah because that was the that was on the pony lift under alabasta and robin lied about what it said but it actually was the i thought it like showed you where it was or something or was it just about the ship i'm not sure but yeah i think i think you're right 
Poseidon. That's the one I'm thinking about. Not Poseidon. Not, yeah. Not, yeah, not yeah. Neptune. I think right. Poseidon comes in later. Fishman Island, I think. Uh huh. And then I'm googling right now. The other one is uh, Uranus, which okay. I don't know. That one comes in later too. But I don't Hand think we know what it I is. Do not remember. Yeah, I don't either. At this point, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll get there. But yeah, at any rate, fandom's like this is the last card I have to play. I don't take Nico Robin to get executed, I guess, by the world government, and you know, take my place at the crossing top. the bridge in the threshold to uh, oh, what's it called, Impel Down. Yeah, to the navy, the government buildings, and Impel Down is the underwater prison right. where the worst criminals go. And yeah, which we'll never see, of course, never. We'll never see Impel Down. There won't be a whole arc about it, and it <laughs> and it won't be a really really great arc. <laughs> it's a really great arc. There's a really good character design in it that I think Walter's gonna really like. Oh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. One of the character, one of the um, guards. Of, yeah, I think I maybe know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I do. Yeah, I think I know he's which. He's kind one of a think. big deal. Yeah. There. But uh, yeah, can't wait till we get to that. <laughs> It's going to be really funny to talk about because we see a couple of characters again for the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think around this time, Spanda activates the Buster call by accident. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he like presses a button on the snail and they're like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we'll start the Buster call on in his lobby right now. And they'll just come and out. It's and it's like broadcasted to the whole island. And um, Spanda's like, I don't care if everyone here dies. Yeah. I just want to get my promotion. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah, so, so this kind of puts a time limit on how much time they have besides like you know robin how long it take, it's gonna take robin to get across the bridge which right surprisingly is, long surprisingly long maybe like 20 chapters or 15 <laughs> of course there's always more time there's always just enough time you know so yeah but they do start bombarding and it's pretty bad like they just start destroying the buildings and it does seem like so something i noticed this time is like well it's not that the government Buster calls are indiscriminate because because even on O'Hara they were like okay please try to evacuate you know we just want to get rid of we just want to bomb the scholars no big deal so like it wasn't it wasn't completely indiscriminate but I mean it was still really bad and even here in Annie's lobby they tried to like I guess evacuate government people but they were still sort of bombarding like parts of the island before everyone was fully evacuated it's just kind of a mess and it's it's still really bad but it does seem like they're like well we don't want to like kill our own too many of our own people but they don't seem to really care much either way. Right. So, yeah. And and so at this point, like Frankie's men and the Galila shipmen are trying to escape. And the giants help them. And yeah, they basically have to like get across in his lobby while it's being bombarded by the ships. And for a while, the ships hold off on attacking the bridge where Robin is Bandamar because Robin is like, you know, public enemy number one and they want her to, they want to take her alive. So. And they maybe don't want to hurt Spandam. Yeah. Honestly, Maybe. it wouldn't really ma- matter to me if Spandam just died on that bridge, but... That's wild. No one no <laughs> one likes Spandam. No, he's pretty bad. Slap- hitting Robin, slapping her around on the bridge. Pretty nasty. Yeah. And... The, the best thing about him is he, he has a sword that <gasps> ate the elephant yes. elephant fruit, or whatever it's called. <laughs> a very cool weapon, which is like the Funk Freed, the elephant sword. A sword that ate the elephant elephant fruit. Don't much, ask how much like possible. the gun that ate the uh, dog, 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 mutt, uh-huh. mutt fruit. Excuse me. Yes. My apologies. Yeah, the elephant often the, the the elephant sword often goes like bow, bow. It makes like uh, or like p a o. I think is the sound it makes. It's like sort of a trumpeting noise. Right. It's very cute, and it doesn't really seem to be like it doesn't really do 
that much yet. Like it gets it gets thwarted rather easily. Yes. Like Frankie and Usopp. Usopp, by the way, has a, another cool moment here. So Very he cool. so he Usopp it's interesting. He doesn't really get a fight. Not necessarily, but, but he, yeah, he becomes they, like instrumental to like stopping Spandam himself. So like one of the big things during this arc, during this like second half of the arc, is like getting the keys to both Robin's handcuffs and Usopp and Zoro's, because then after that, Zoro can actually fight and Usopp can do his thing. Excuse me, Sniper King. Whenever I say Usopp until the end of this arc, it's it's effectively Sniper King. But yeah, so Sniper King gets free. And collects, manages to collect all of the keys that they have up to that point and send them across to where Robin and Frankie are. At this point, Frankie has made his way to the bridge where Spandam and Robin are. And I don't actually know, I do know, hmm, I think Khalifa's key is the one that opens the Zoro and Usopp's lock. And I think... Yeah, I know Kaku's key is the one that opens Robin's handcuffs, but I don't I don't actually know which one's open. I'm not sure which one's open Zoro's and Usopp's. But then at any rate, it doesn't really matter that much. This is very minor trivia. But yeah, so uh, Frankie manages to uncuff uh, Robin and uh, Spandam's obviously, free- obviously freaking out at this point. She kind of goes to town on him a little bit, slapping him around. But they do kind of... A little bit of payback. Yeah, they do kind of have to get out of there though because the the warships are still coming. And I think... I think they're expecting, like, there's people at the other end of the bridge waiting for them to take them through the big doors to to the government buildings. Correct. But I don't think we yet talked about what's going on with Luffy. Luffy is running through an underground passage this to is, that bridge. Yes, we have. With we Kokoro and her granddaughter. Yes, we haven't really talked about Luffy. And, you know, as we've kind of alluded to before, you know, as the main character who isn't, there's the main, main shonen character, Luffy's kind of like the less interesting member of the crew and i think that his fight with luchi is like the less interesting yeah it's 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 fine it's one of the least interesting like major golden era one piece uh luffy fights like i was saying this earlier i don't think luchi was ever intended to be the real antagonist of this arc he's just the strongest guy right obviously spandam is the spandam is the sort of like overarching villain and like and like the real villain is like sort of the world government as a whole like, there's a lot of people who are antagonists here, and, and right. Luchi is not the one, like, masterminding this, and we don't even really, I mean, I guess you could say, like, the leader of the world government is the true Ooh. mastermind, but, yeah, I, I, I understand, like, being a little, I am a little disappointed, too, that, like, Luchi was just, I th- I feel like they could have, as much as I'm like, it's okay, Luchi was never supposed to be the guy, like, I do kind of wish they'd done a little bit more with him, I don't yeah. know, like, made him a little bit more, sort of, I don't know what I want, but I feel like there just wasn't enough for me to really get invested. Yeah, like his backstory is basically just like he was always cool. He was always cool and killed a lot of people. Killed like 500 hostages or something. And Yeah, which felt way bigger than the payoff for like who he is and what he is. In fact, I was when we when that flashback first comes in, I really thought it was going to be for a different character. Mm. And then when it's like, no, it's Lucci. It just felt kind of weird, I think. Yeah, I, it almost feels like Oda's editors were like, hey, we need, like, more info. We need more on Luchi. <laughs> like, we can't just have him. And and I almost feel like I wish we just hadn't gotten anything. I wish it was just, like, Luchi's just a strong guy. He's yeah. yeah. head of CP9. He's just strong, and he fights for justice, uh, whatever the government calls justice. And that would be an interesting thing to talk about in Plato's Republic. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, Luchi... 
I don't feel like he has to have this like deep reason for being part of CP9. He's just an assassin. Like <laughs> it's it's okay. It almost like you said, like it, it feels kind of weird and almost like sort of a last minute decision to be like, okay, here's what Lucci did to make him so badass. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> like I I it's okay. It's like I I can just believe he's the strongest guy of their group. I I, I don't have a problem accepting that. <laughs> I just don't really know what else to say. Like, and I know this is sort of a popular opinion that that Lucci is like, just not that he's not a lot of people's favorite villain. I'll just put it that way. Like, and I I do understand why you would call him the villain of like, yeah, Yeah, he's, he's the one who fights Luffy. Luffy. Yeah. That alone is. Yeah. Right. But he's not the Enru. He's not the guy who started all this. Like he, Mm -hmm. he, and I, I, like I said, I kind of like that. But I do wish they did something. I don't know. Like, it's just, I I think because the fight itself is really just sort of like a hand-to-hand thing. I mean, I mean, Luffy does gear two and gear three. And it's like, it's like fun. And I found, I found the fight uh, pretty easy to track. I don't know. Because, <laughs> because like now where One Piece is, like, there's a lot of Zoan powers. And I find those fights a lot more interesting than this, which, I mean, obviously it's just sort of like spectacle creep on One Piece's part. Yeah, like like just sort of knowing what comes in the future. I'm like, man, someone fruits ain't shit right now. <laughs> like, I always thought like up until almost Kaido, I was like, man, Zoan fruits kind of suck. They make you more powerful, but they they seem like the least good devil fruit. Yeah, well, I almost wonder if like there had to be some power creep with Zoan fruits later on because of kinda certain is, other yeah. characters that get introduced that kind of necessitate it being a little bit different. Right. I mean, th- these are, like, mostly good. I mean, the the giraffe one is just fantastic. It's so good. Um, yeah. Jabra and, and, and Lucci are just, they're fine. Yeah. So in Fruits, there's a lot of room for creativity there. Yeah. I mean, we saw with Kaku's powers. Jabra even does some stuff. I mean, it just seems mostly to be, like, a speed and strength sort of modifier. And then later they kind of make that more impressive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they kind of do the same thing with like, well, Logias at this point are like the most powerful, the elemental ones that you basically, once you eat it, you become that element in your body and you can't really be hit. But then later, of course, as you know, they introduce, I mean, they kind of have to introduce something that lets you hit a Logia user. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, the Paramecia users are like the strongest now because there's nothing really, it seems like that's the most limitless potential because like you keep hearing people and, and like paramecias are just like the catch-all like it's just an ability it's not an animal or an element <laughs> so like basically everything that the other two aren't i guess there sort of has to be an upper limit on what you can do but just sort of the the possibilities are endless but yeah so i mean the the luffy luchi fight kind of takes place on a couple different levels like they're fighting down near the bridge for a bit and then Luffy activates gear three and he gets like punched onto a ship nearby. And so they fight on the ship for a bit, which I think that was my favorite part of the fight when they were sort of, um, Luchi was kind of transforming between his human form and his Jaguar form. I thought that was a little bit more interesting than him just sort of like hulking out mm-hmm. overall. It, it, it was, it was a little bit more of a, a show of acrobatics than the fight underneath the bridge. Because, like, the, the fight starts, like, like the first the first chapter where they're fighting isn't even called Luffy versus Luchi. I think it's, like, the second or third. And then they fight for, like, another six or seven chapters while their stuff is happening. Yeah, like, at this point, like, I think Robin and Frankie have made it 
to the ship. They, they're going to, like, commandeer the ship and, like, take it away from the gates of uh, Bridge of Hes- Hesitation and back towards, I guess, towards Water 7. Is this around the time where we find out about Kokoro? <laughs> yeah, so there's, like, the the underground <laughs> passage gets flooded, and yeah. they're, they're all, like, caught in that, and... Yeah, Kokoro comes to save the day um, in a yeah, particular she... way. We find out that Kokoro is a special mermaid. Well, I say special, like she's a, a specific kind of mermaid. And she kind of, there's a funny line that I that I noted while I was reading. She's like, yeah, I'm a ice fish mermaid or something like that. And, uh, you know, I'm past my prime, but like after mermaids age past 30, they their their fins split so they can walk on land, but they can still like basically do everything mermaids can do, like swim really well. And uh, maybe if you go to Fishman Island, you'll find out more about that. <laughs> it's like it's like picking up a book in a JRPG that's like talking about a world that's like twenty hours away in your game. Yes. <laughs> in your game time, it's like you know Oda doing the big wink, which I think this is the biggest wink in a while towards something that we'll see relative well, i say relatively soon i say like within 200 or so chapters yeah i mean he it becomes like a staple because like i think of like later on you have the hints of wano in like it's like literally 300 chapters or so i think before you get to wano maybe yeah oh um. yeah gosh that's so weird i, I i'm excited to talk about that too because it's like you get the samurai so early oh my god they show up in punk hazard holy shit yeah <laughs> 300 400 chapters before they get to want oh, 300 chapters before they get to want oh, wow yeah at any rate i forgot to mention uh towards like the climactic fight the climactic uh moment in the fight with luchi and luffy usopp rather sniper king shows up on like a tower nearby and kind of gives luffy a pep talk he, he kind of gets like i wouldn't say knocked out but like close to being knocked unconscious and like it seems like he's gonna lose and of course we have the moment like it's like we need to fill our hero with hope and of course who better to do that than Usopp who's obviously I'm sorry I mean I know we haven't seen this exact moment yet but he's obviously gonna rejoin the crew like officially (laughs) uh it's just that he hasn't yet sort of like said those words but yeah he gives Luffy like a huge pep talk and kind of psychs him up and that helps and like I mean Usopp doesn't really he's really like the emotional fulcrum of this whole entire arc i almost feel like i mean he and robin mm-hmm. yes for sure yeah and it, it it i mean it clearly makes sense like reading this why after i got through this part um like robin and usopp were my favorite straw hats for a while yeah usopp is really great i really love robin they're like my top two probably and i don't know if we want to say that we're gonna shortly get another straw hat in case you couldn't guess <laughs> who the next straw hat's gonna be because um, <laughs> he just so happens to be a shipwright, but oh gosh, what do we want to talk about next? Because I was thinking, like, where is Frankie at this point? I think he's still with Robin, but they get to that escape ship and they get surrounded by the Navy, and they sort of have to fight the Navy again for a while. And that's around when Kokoro brings everyone back together, and like it's announced that Rob Lucci was defeated by Straw Hat Luffy. Of course, he was. I forget. I think it wasn't even really that spectacular either. He just kind of uses a special move of Gear Two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he doesn't even really use Gear Three because he already he had already used it and it sort of sapped his power. But right, 
Yeah, so I mean, the Straw Hats hold off the Navy for a bit. We're getting close to the the big sort of huge sad moment of That's this arc. Emotional, uh, because you know it seems like they're not able to get away with the Buster call going on. Um, it seems yeah. all hope is lost until Aesop hears a voice. Hears a voice. He's been it's... hearing it for a while. He said, but "Yes, he wasn't sure what it was." In the nick of time, suddenly the Mary Go is back. Going Mary, the however you want to. Uh, you can just call it the Mary. But yeah, the Mary's back. It turns out basically that um, Iceberg had. Right. Okay. So Iceberg, it, the Mary didn't repair itself. Iceberg had <laughs> like heard the voice too and was like sort of compelled. Right. The to... spirit of the ship. It's called the Kolbauderman, which is like a real thing apparently. Yeah. Like a yeah. ship spirit that's like a. It's a real thing. They really exist. Uh, sorry, I meant a real. <laughs> it's a real legend. Okay. I mean, Odin didn't, didn't make it up. Right. right. <laughs> I didn't mean I actually believed it's true. Though it does. It does kind of. It does kind of rip. I'm gonna be honest, but yeah. So Iceberg is compelled to fix the Mary, even though it's like basically just not shipworthy anymore. I guess he fixes it enough for it to make its way, and he sets it. He lets it go. He basically like I guess I don't know what the word is for like a big ship like that, but like just sort of pushes it off and it, off to sea it goes off to sea and he's like i don't know why i did that <laughs> but, yeah like there's, there's like inner monologue he's like why am i doing this he's just like hammering away at the hull at night it's like damn it iceberg why iceberg's pretty cool though i like him actually after reading all this but the uh mary comes to save them as they're like sort of at this really tense moment where it looks like the the navy's just gonna destroy them with cannons and they all jump because Usopp yells, jump in the water, jump towards the sea, jump right, in the sea. Right, yeah, jump in the sea. So, Trust me, you know, just do it. Yeah. Because I know one of the One Piece openings around this time was called To the Sea, and I think that's why uh, I was called it. Because I noticed they kept saying, to jump into the sea, and I'm like, well, wouldn't you just say jump down? Like, it's kind of a weird wording, but now that I think about it, it makes more sense. Sort of thematically. Yeah, so the Mary collects them, and they get away. I mean, that's basically the end of the conflict at this point. It's the end of the conflict, um... Mm. You know, they have Robin back. She's fully integrated into the crew at this point. And she, you know, everyone understands why she did what she did. And right. everyone was obviously all in on saving her. So that whole conflict is resolved pretty much. But we still have the lingering thing that we found out last time about how the Mary is not Right, able... it was able to make one last trip to save them, but it's still, it's still it's not doomed. like, yeah. It can't really sail on the ocean anymore i think iceberg says like it's a miracle it even was able to do this and luffy is like finally like i understand and they basically hold a funeral for the mary and it's like really sad yeah (laughs) it's very sad because you hear the voice of the mary again yeah and like luffy says some stuff that like it just feels very serious and like intense for luffy he's like you know, the seafloor is dark and lonely, so we're going to set you off properly, Mary. And, like, they burn the Mary on the open ocean, basically, yeah. and watch her from the shore. I think I've heard of that being done to ships before. It's just, like, the fastest way to do away with um, ships that aren't seaworthy. But, yeah, you just, like, there's a lot of really good still um, sort of, like, panels All, the, all of... the fond memories of, like, on the ship and... Yeah. And then, yeah, the voice of the ship, you know, I, I would have... Uh... I wanted to carry you even farther. Oh. <laughs> oh. Walter's crying. Right it's pretty, it's yeah. pretty sad. And it, it would be sadder if 
we weren't gonna get an even cooler ship afterwards. But, um, <laughs> we're excited for the cool ship that we're gonna get, and it's gonna completely replace the Mary. We'll never, we'll never think about the Mary ever again. <laughs> I mean, no, sad, but almost sort of, kind of. We do miss the, we miss the Mary, but yeah, the, the, the design of the next ship is just so good. It is very cute as well, and yeah, the Mary goes up in flames everyone's crying even though Usopp says he's not gonna cry but you can see under the mask he's just like it's just water flowing down like waterfalls <laughs> you love you love when one piece characters cry it's great oh, yeah. there's nothing like oda tears it's like oda tears are special they're just like long streams of just like completely unrealistic water flowing down your face also the way he draws open mouths i've said this before it's very funny like teeth just sort of disappearing into an abyss mm-hmm. it's <laughs> really like, good it's really yeah good. <laughs> no one draws an open mouth like oda sounds really weird out of context anyway um <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's true though yeah so the mary is saying like you know even though you kind of fucked me up a little bit luffy ran me into icebergs and stuff and rocks and you ripped my sails i was happy yeah and it's a very nice end to the arc mm-hmm. and it, it is like i mean the mary had had kind of become a character at this point and it's very rare for characters to die in one piece so <laughs> it is very rare yeah. yeah yeah that's a good point and i think oda had around this time that this was around the time that this was coming out he was saying like i will have a member of the crew die like and i guess technically this was it he told the truth but in a sort of roundabout way <laughs> like not what you expected though i guess like it's like he's not gonna he's not gonna kill like usopp or nami like that's not gonna happen so if usopp dies at the end of one piece i'm i'm gonna have to take like a week off work and I but yeah it, it is a good it is a good ending i'm glad it was at the end of the arc rather than say like the end of water seven which was yes. like the halfway point. which i think is part of what ties these together as like really one arc is that that this you know it's like you know, following up on stuff that was established in water seven and yeah yeah i also forgot to mention that robin breaks uh spandom's back he gets he gets really fucked up at the end of this little bit. Pretty brutal. He gets like pummeled by Frankie, by Usopp's exploding stars, and then Robin uses her like six arms to like bend him over backwards and well that also sounded suggestive. But no, it was just to break his back, not to do anything suggestive no to him. Just yeah. a little backward. I think later you see <laughs> I think later you see Spanum in the hospital bed, sort of like that one guy in the Sopranos who just like oh, yeah. everything is bandages. Maybe I shouldn't compare it to that, but that's, that's the first thing I, I thought of. So I think, did we cover like all the big good stuff that happened? Did we talk at all about the cover story? No, that's well, I did want right, to right. get to that after. But did we want to say anything else about... I think, we got, I think we talked about everything I wanted to mention. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, I think we, we at least touched upon all of the fights at some point. Yes. So... That's that. Yeah, they get Robin back, and um, we, we're not at the very, very end of like them leaving, but right. we'll get there next time. But yeah, let's talk quickly about the cover story that ended. Yes, it was about Miss Golden Week getting works to... reunification. Miss Golden Weeks, yeah, attempt yeah. to get everybody from Broke Works back, and there's a really 
good part of this. Um, she she gets a couple of them, but when she finally gets to like Crocodile and Mr. One, the the panel for that one says like, "Don't really feel like escaping." That's so it's, good. Crocodile's like, eh. he's got such a good expression. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just like, chilling with like a cigar. He's like, eh. Yeah, they give him cigars in prison. Yeah, he's just chilling. He's he still just, has his poisoned hook hand in prison. Probably not. The, yeah, they let him have the hook hand, which seems dangerous. But <laughs> but he has like uh, the sea prism stone cuffs. That's on, true. So he can't really do anything besides just like he does seem powerful though. But at any rate, yeah, he's he is like incapacitated, but he's like yeah, nah, maybe another day kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why Miss Golden Week does this, but she like uses a power that shows what everybody's like inner dream is to be and this is really cute i really like this so i i tried to remember i think i wrote down everybody's so like the cutest thing is that mr four wanted to be a pizza delivery man and everyone's dressed up like like the yeah. thing they want to be mr five wanted to be a fireman miss valentine's day wanted to be a chocolatier the dog wanted to be a tank the dog wanted to be a <laughs> tank the dog the gun dog very cute uh, miss mary christmas wanted to be a princess crocodile wanted to be pirate king which is interesting. I wonder, I mean, he did, but like, I, that seems to imply sort of a childish yeah. uh, dream. Mm. Um, I don't know. Like, that made me think. Perhaps okay. perhaps the dream of becoming a pirate king is important to One Piece, one might say. Maybe Crocodile is Luffy's mother. Now that is a really deep, <laughs> that's a deep theory I won't get into. Oh, what? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> that I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um, i remember um, telling me about that one years ago I, this is this is as crazy as like the um Varus is a mermaid theory from the song of ice and fire yeah <laughs> like this is really like deep and just like crazy shit but oh god what did mr one want to be a, a superhero. superhero a superhero that's right yeah. it's really cute it's really really good um and then you see most of them uh most of the baroque works members that escape with miss now, if I'm not mistaken, there is one person whose dream we don't see. We don't see Mr. Three and Mr. Two. Right. Because they haven't they arrive with Crocodile. Right, because because Mr. And Mr. One. Right. And Mr. Two he was part I think this was in like the ones that we did for last one. Like he was like involved in like one of their plans to save somebody who disguised himself. I forget exactly. Yes, he helped them save Miss Valentine's Day. That's thing, right. From being hanged or something mm. like they were going to hang Miss Valentine's Day and Mr. Five because they were Baroque Works terrorists, I guess. But yeah, yeah. So um, in the end, most of them go back and try to rebuild that cafe that they were all um, working at. Most, A lot of them were working at. Mr.'s, uh, Mr. Zero through three. Are sent to Impel Down. Which it's too bad we're never going to go there. So We're never going to see them again. <laughs> As we established. <laughs> and so that was a good one. And that's that's fairly important for the future. One that isn't yet, but started, is my favorite cover story. The Endless Varus cover story. Yes, I know. You love this one. And it's, it is good. It is a good one. It's uh, it's not very long, right? Like we've... It's not super long. I mean, it, it's probably a little bit longer than this Baroque Works one, which wasn't terribly long. Right. I, I feel like the, the um, Wapple one was longer. <laughs> that the one Wapple lasted a while, and that long. wasn't even... Well, I guess it is important because he becomes like the CEO of Toys R Us, but... <laughs> And a king. Yeah, he becomes like the he- the Walmart leader. The, the the what am I saying? Yeah, the CEO of Walmart of of the One Piece world. Yeah, so we get to see where Endless Varus is. Of course, it's right. We had it was pretty 
pretty heavily implied at the end of uh, Water 7, but this is the outright, like, yes. You mean Skypea. Sorry, yes. Yeah, end he of Skypea. goes, now this is I the will out- go. Yeah, this is the outright confirmation that, yes, the Endless Forest is the moon. To think that Nami could have gone with him, and she just gave that all that up. <laughs> He just goes up to the moon and he's just yeah. chilling. Yeah, he's just chilling. And there's just a really good, there's one really good just like panel of him just standing on the moon. It's like, arrived at en- Endless Mars. It's like, yep, that's that's right. And there really isn't anything more to it, right? He meets aliens. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Which like, I don't know. Like I said, I have my theories about what the One Piece is. And I almost want to say it has to do with space. But then like, but Enrico can already go there. So like, it doesn't seem like it would, that seems not as important. But he's <laughs> like, a god, so... He's not a real god. He's a human being. <laughs> he has godlike powers, though. Yeah. Yeah. Enru is a human. I think I tried to make this clear before. Just a very big one. A big one, like like uh, Doflamingo and um, Bartholomew Kuma. Crocodile. I think Doflamingo is the tallest human. I think he's like eleven feet tall. Because <laughs> I saw I saw a thing that was like. <laughs> it was like a real life thing like like one piece character heights and there was like a thing on the wall where you could like stand and see like how much taller is crocodile than you crocodile's like eight or nine feet tall so like three three feet taller than me it, it is funny how like all of the one piece villains are it's like final fantasy like old final fantasies where you're you're the heroes are just like small sprites but the yes the the <laughs> bosses are like gigantic hand-drawn things yeah, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but that's something that happens in, like, Octopath Traveler. Like, yes, uh-huh. They do that again, where a there will be a normal, like, a human on the, like, overworld map, or the sort of overworld, and they'll have a normal-sized sprite, and then when you fight them, they're, like, 15 feet tall. Yeah. Like, old-school, <laughs> like, like you said, old-school Final Fantasy. It's pretty great. So, that's where we stopped this time. Um, now, this is interesting, because we are now at where walter i know when he first read the series yes this is where you stop basically basically i forget if i read the post any's lobby stuff there's like a little mini arc after this that's kind of it it's like, very you know, it, good it's, it's With set. such good stuff <laughs> zach, this is like 100 percent like zach material this is like lore and like there's like two things there's like three things that happen in these like 11 chapters that are just like the wildest i love it i can't wait I, to talk yeah. about it I know. Yeah, I, 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 I forget. Like, I'll once I read them, I'll, I'll remember for sure if it's like, oh, I, is... I remember this or I don't. I might have stopped right at, at the end of any Lobby, though. Yeah, this is one of the best. This might be the best post-blank arc, I think. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's just so crazy, like, how much stuff <laughs> Oda was, like, putting into one piece around this area. Like, yeah, you know, we got, like, the declaration of war against the world government in, in this section and then like the things that happen in this next arc and then just like the it next snowballs like, for like the next 200 chapters yeah the next like 200 uh, close to 200 chapters are like really good and then mixed feelings about fishman island but then you get your rosa which is really great in my opinion is my mm-hmm. favorite but it, it really like I, I feel yeah we lose some momentum after the time skip which like we'll talk about that yeah, yeah we we'll get talk there about it, yeah but it i mean it builds back up very quickly this is sort of like the slingshot going back and now the slingshot is about to be let go uh-huh. like, <laughs> yeah uh, just like yeah like impl- that, down. that's a very good very good analogy that i might uh, have to steal for future things impl down 
I like Thriller Bark's awesome, Impel Down, Marineford. Oh my god. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be so great. With that in mind, it's kind of hard to find like good places for us to stop now. I mean, like I don't I don't generally like for us to read like more than 40, 45 chapters per month or between episodes. So I've picked sort of a like a midway point for the next arc. So the next couple chapters we're gonna be reading are chapters i guess it would be 431 through 466 all right which will take us through post any lobby and will get us about almost halfway through thriller bark okay um well no i guess that's not it'll be about halfway it's somewhere in the middle of thriller bark sure so you know spoilers like thriller bark's the next big arc if you know anything about one piece arcs because it's not really a spoiler to know the name (laughs) no because it doesn't really mean anything yeah no, it's a very like Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas sort of arc. It's very it's, fun. It's One Piece if it was Bloodborne. <laughs> That's about as close as it can get to Bloodborne, like ghouls and ghosts <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, and then that'll set us up afterward to be sort of like to end on chapter 500 for our month after the next month, which I really want to do because that'll be like a really cool place to to end a sort of like, you know, reading chunk. Well, as the one person who this is all going to be new for going forward, at least until we get uh, halfway through Dress Rosa. Um, <laughs> so excited. We're going to have to, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to do like 50 chapters for Dress Rosa and then 50. <laughs> it's going to be like five episodes. Yeah, we might have to. <laughs> I, 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 I know Dress Rosa so well that I can probably figure out where, because I always go back and I'm like, when did this happen? And like, I sort of know around when things happen. We can probably do it in about two and a half months. But at any rate, getting ahead of ourselves. We're gonna be the Dressrosa lovers, or I am anyway. But <laughs> you already are. I already am the Dressrosa lover. It's my favorite. But uh, yeah, so join us next month for chapters four thirty one through four sixty six. We end on I think a pretty. It's kind of a weird spot to end, but it is sort of the end of a fight. So okay. I think that's about as good as I could do without making us read way too much. Sure. Yeah, that's that's the plan. Sounds good. And of course, we'll be back in a couple weeks to talk about January in Shonen Jump, and we'll hopefully have enough to say. There was a week off at the end of the year, but I think there's enough to cover uh, with like yeah, know, we'll talk you know, about working ended. We'll talk about One Piece One Thousand and One Thousand One. Yeah, a little, a little late Falgar on that, but that's just how it worked out on our uh... right. It was a weird time for the One Piece One Thousand uh, chapter to happen. It was like right around my birthday, which is cool. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that, and yeah, some of the one other series ended, and we'll we'll get into what's going on in January. So yep. look forward to that. In the meantime, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm yeah. at goodbye to a shoe. I am at Cosmos, of course. And I am at Wilker Fox. And that's that. Yep. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, see you next month. Bye.